So today I want to cover uh, a new news issue, which is, of course, directly related to my podcast and myself. But before I begin, I want to make sure that I reiterate what I said at the ending of my prior episode and through every episode I've, I've made. The object of my podcast uh, is not to incite or arouse hatred. In fact, I have no hatred. I don't want anyone to have that burden of hating any other group of people, for whatever reason. Not only does it shorten your life, but it's a direct reflection of your intelligence. Okay, because a person that has intelligence realizes that there is no place for bigotry, prejudice, etc., etc. We are all one people. Unfortunately, at some point in time in our history, in the evolution of the human race, we segregated, separated, discriminated amongst ourselves. All races, brown, black, white, you name it. It's not just quote-unquote, those with melanin discriminating against those without it. That's not how it works. There have been (laughs) There we go. I don't know where this speech impediment came from, but it just doesn't seem to want to leave. There have been wars amongst people, is what I was trying so eloquently to say, that look very similar in features very similar in cultures, so on and so forth. It's not an indication that we are prejudiced or bigoted by only those that are different from us. That's that's the point. And I'm mentioning that because it's important. I don't believe that exposing the truth, discussing what's going on, even going back in history, even though it is upsetting, annoying, frustrating, so on and so forth, should be a catalyst for future hatred or any hatred. So let me get back to my point. Something on the news popped up, and then, of course, it, it sickened me in 1950-something-something in the great old state of Mississippi. And I know if you're out there and you have internet, a phone, anything, you've heard about this case, which I hadn't. Apparently, a 14-year-old boy uh, was accused of of making uh, some type of advances against a uh, 21-year-old woman. Of course, he was black, she was white. And um, apparently, she told her husband and her his half-brother-in-law or something to the effect, and they were actually a problem because they were clearly insane. Okay, they ganged up on him, beat him, mutilated him, threw him in the water, to put it short. Just disgusting. And like I said, these behavioral patterns like Dahmer and and the guy digging out the woman's baby, these people are not normal people, okay? But as I stated in our prior, uh, in my prior episode, you don't know what's going on in someone's mind. 
You don't know just how their level of normality or their level of sickness until something happens. And so it did happen. They killed this 14-year-old boy. She, however, um, lived a long, uneventful life. Had children, grandchildren, so on and so forth. They basically legally allowed this to transgress in the state. I guess at some point she tried to recant her false accusations, and uh, they ignored her. And one of the family members of the young man said something which is highly relevant to myself. And uh, basically, um, what he said was that um, virtually... Basically, what he said is that virtually any white person can say anything and be believed. Period. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what their qualifications are as an individual, their past criminal record, nothing. Whatever they say becomes law. And when he said that, it sort of kind of hit home in my own personal experience. Also, he mentioned, and it was mentioned in the case, was that uh, the uh, two men that killed this young boy, he was a young boy, a boy, 14 years old. Do you understand? He was like, what, 5'4 or something? And she was like, what? Five seven five eight twenty one years old. And that's true. This year's difference of what seven years didn't even matter. She was what we consider today a woman, a young woman, and he was what we still consider a teenager, right? I mean, but it wasn't like he was like six foot two and you know five hundred pounds. A little tiny little guy, and uh, it didn't even give credibility to what she was saying. You know, just by size alone, much less any, anything else. I mean, I looked at her picture. She did not appear attractive to me, you know, but I'm not a guy. Um, even though I'm not a guy, I recognize someone when they possess beauty, and I didn't see it in her, you know, maybe in his eyes, and I don't know if anything she said was true. Uh, he maybe have been just playing around. I don't know. I wasn't there. I have no idea what happened. I do know that even if he did whistle at her, it did not justify him being slaughtered like a, like a dog. No, no, I take that back. The a white race always treats animals better. So the beating to death, uh, I understand they tie barbed wire around his his head, and I, I don't know. He was unrecognizable. And when I saw the picture and the photo of his mother over the grave, it just hit me so hard. You know, as a mother myself, I have three sons. I just can't imagine that pain, that anger, that hatred. Yes, this is at the point that hatred is born. When somebody takes someone you love from you without provocation, yes, absolutely. But anyway, getting back to uh, my initial point, um, during that time, 
you know, size did not even justify her quote-unquote claims. There was no credibility that she had besides being white and them being bigots, racist, prejudice, whatever, whatever term you'd like to use. There was no justification for it. He was a child. She was a woman, quote-unquote, a young woman, but still a woman according to our society. And since we didn't know what was going through the heads of her relatives, being her husband and his, quote, I think they said half-brother, perhaps she was unaware of their reaction. I don't know. I have no idea what she was thinking, why she did it, why she lied. It's irrelevant at this point. The, the child was dead. And apparently, since it surfaced all over the web, she, at 88 years old, is also now dead. After living all those years of her life when she robbed someone else of theirs. Anyway, so back to what was going on in their head and how we don't know what people are thinking. Clearly... They are in my non-PhD possessing mind what I consider sick. Again, it was the tar of the feathering, you know, um, digging babies out of their bellies, you know, eating people. You know, these, <laughs> these things don't come from a normal mind, okay? How do you, again, how do you contemplate these things? You know? How do you come up with these things? The judicial system, for example, is obsessed with looking at people's genitals, trying to encourage homosexuality amongst men and women. The judicial system is from ground zero to the top of its form perverted, sick, deviant. Apparently, they asked for help from who used to be in our country, uh, the point where you could go and get true assistance that was supposed to be non-biased, non-prejudiced, so on and so forth, the federal government, and they refused to help. Just shucked it. Well, she's dead. Now, who cares? Justice wasn't served then, and it's not going to be served anywhere in the near future. Because she said it, they took her word for it. Because she was white. So let's get back to the case itself. These two men were arrested, her husband and his half-brother, for the murder of this young man. And tried by, according to documentation, an entirely white jury. So there we go. So let me put myself on trial, okay? I'm going to commit all sorts of hideous crimes, and I'll be sure that everyone that loves and knows me, my friends, that all are similar to me, are on the jury, basically. That's the same effect. No justice whatsoever. Now, I personally have been in situations similar to that where I was the only black woman. And chances of that young man getting any type of justice, of course, at this point, even as he were, how should I say, as he was already dead, was impossible. 
two white men murdered, slaughtered, killed, mutilated a, a young black man. And the people that were judging him, including the judge, which of course, and I want to mention that, can always stop this at any point, by the way. But anyway, back to the scenario. They were all white. In order for them to have been found guilty, it would be like uh, me being able to fly to the moon without wings, without any type of body armament. Just I'm just going to go outside and fly to the moon. No, that's not going to happen. And justice did not happen. And they walked away scot-free, as of course they knew they would, because everyone knew they were being tried by the same people very similar to themselves. You see, it wasn't a jury of, of, of your peers, quote-unquote. It was a jury that was an extension, and the judge included, of the KKK, racist society that they lived in. It was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And that's putting it mildly. I don't know why, but that phrase he said, you know, um, basically anything a white person, a white person says is taken verbatim as being the truth. It's just, it's so frightening. And if you're a black person in America, I, I, I can't understand why you're not scared, why you're not terrified every day. People like uh, this lady, Carolyn, they're, they're dead. But she had children, and she had children's children, and so far from what I can see in the documentation, I think it was her daughter-in-law was supporting her lie. And this is why the racism and discrimination doesn't die. It's passed on like, like a disease. It's not just in the DNA or upbringing or schooling or education or the neighborhood. It's like a disease. Now, it's true. Every time we mention one of these cases, and they were saying in the readings, talking about um, George Floyd and Aubrey and so on and so forth, all the people that have been killed um, famously, I might add, that got media attention here in the now, in the 2020s, they were mentioning them, and I'm like... What's the difference between 1955 and now? Where have things changed? The mother left a coffin open of a son she could not even recognize. The pain. I can only imagine. In the hopes that would have been done to her son, the lynching, killing could somehow help for future generations 
or provide stepping stones for change. Progress. I'm sitting here at 2023 and I'm making a podcast <laughs> entitled Born Black 2023. Almost, I don't know, over 60 years later? Over half a century? Ago. Change? Where? Progress? By whom? The only progress I see this country has made in its racist, prejudicial behavior is hiding it better. Now, chances are... Uh, <laughs> of any members of any society being brave enough in 2023 to throw a barbed wire around someone's neck hooked to a machine and twist them like they're doing the twist until they're bloodied and dead in a public place are like 1% maybe? But in 2023, they don't need to do that any longer. They have learned, as many have um, in centuries before, that the pen is indeed mightier than the sword. That lie, she told, killed him. That one lie killed him, robbed him of his life, robbed the mother of her son, robbed the family of their family member, and robbed every future generation that would have been the seed of that young man. That one white lie. That's all it took. Today, in 2023, America is not much different. Not much. The pen is mightier than the sword. So now, instead of speaking their lies, they write them. They type them. They text them. They send them over the web. Everywhere they put their hand down to paper, as long as it's a white hand, it becomes the truth. More dangerous than arsenic. More deadly than anything you can imagine is that one foul white lie. So things actually haven't changed. No, not really. I don't see the progress. Do you? Do you feel safe? Do you feel protected by your neighbors having guns? Do you feel protected by the laws that, quote-unquote, the federal legislation has put in effect to protect you from not being lynched? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, boy. They don't need to lynch you anymore. 
All they got to do is trump, oh, you said what? Oh, that's assault. Put yourself in handcuffs. Oh, you did what? You defended who? Your unborn baby? What? Put your butt in handcuffs and wipe your life out just like you never existed. And they don't have to make it all bloody anymore. No, 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 no. That's what our judicial system is for. To systematically destroy you and your family. And it's done very clean-like. They give you clothes, and they give you food, and they give you water. They'll even give you a place to sleep while they're destroying you. They don't need the hanging tree anymore. America. (laughs) I don't know why every time I say it, I feel like this bile rising in my stomach when I think of the horrific things the people of this country have done to other people. It sickens me. So this woman, back to the story, Caroline, got to live an entire happy, productive life. Though she were, uh, I guess according to the news, uh, she was moving from place to place. I doubt it. I doubt if anybody would have even recognized her. I didn't even know who she was until, you know, she died. And then suddenly everybody's looking for what? Her her children and her children's children. Who cares? They're just the same as she is. They've been brought up by a, a woman who got away with murder, basically. And now they think they are entitled to do the same, and she's not the only one. That's why we still have our problem. So ask yourself when you leave today, when you're looking in the mirror, when you're getting in your car, when you're going to work, when you're kissing your children, ask yourself, especially and most importantly if you're black, ask yourself this, how safe do you feel? Anyway, you have a great day. I'll see you or talk to you on the next episode.